Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Yorktown Bible study. My name is Jonathan Sixtos, and I am an associate minister, youth pastor with Good News Church. I'm excited to welcome you to our bi-monthly Bible study. We have the second and fourth Tuesday here in Yorktown, Texas. We also would like to invite you to join with us on Sunday mornings. If you're ever in the Port Lavaca area, we're currently renting at the Calhoun County YMCA in their meeting room. So we invite you to be with us on Sunday mornings if you don't have a home church. If you do, we encourage you to be faithful. Continue to support your pastors. We uplift the body of Christ all over the world. And we're excited about tonight. I've got a, an exciting word for you, a strong word for you, but I think we can handle it. We're all believers. We're all big kids here. Uh, it's not my youth class that we do on Sundays. We kind of... Uh, lower to their level. We don't sacrifice the truth. We don't, uh, like they say, I don't pull any punches, but we make it age appropriate. Tonight, a bit of a strong word for the believer. How many of us are believers in here, if I can see a show of hands? Okay, good. I'm talking to the right people tonight. So tonight, if we had to come up with a message for, uh, a title for this message, we would call it Mind Your Business. And let me explain what I mean by that. Tonight, we're going to be talking about your mind. And when it comes to your mind, the Bible has quite a bit to say, and we need to take care of business. Now, the scripture that we're going to base today off of, if you want to flip over to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we'll be talking about the mind. I'll go ahead and pull it up here. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 in the New King James reads as follows. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Some translations say good, acceptable, and perfect will. Now, what's exciting about this verse is there's several different things going on here. We're going to do a little bit of digging in the Greek because in the New Testament, uh, the, the lingua franca of the time, most of what they spoke was Greek. We'll talk about the original intent of the authors. We're also going to be looking at the English version, what it means for us today in our daily lives, and how the Apostle Paul speaking to the church is still today speaking to us. The Bible says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for reproof. It builds the body of Christ. So I want to look at this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, this past Sunday, a message that I had for the youth class, we were talking about dreams. And we looked at a little bit of brain chemistry, how the science behind dreaming works, what happens in your body as you're dreaming in the brain. We call it just kind of an electrical jelly blob because we still don't understand everything that goes on in there, but God does because he created us. And when it comes to dreams, it has a lot to do with the mind. It has a lot to do with what we're thinking, what we're meditating on, what our minds are processing. And that led me to today's sermon. See, Romans chapter 12 talks about how we should be a living sacrifice. Verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, what this means for us is that our whole body is to be offered unto God. But what does that look like? And what possibly could be holding us back? Well, if we're to mind our business... We need to think about what we're thinking about. 
So we're going to break this verse down piece by piece, and we only have two options. How many options do we have? Two, two options. So we have conform to the world or be transformed. Those are our only two options. Now, option number one, being conformed to the world means that we fit into what they shape us to be. If you've ever made a jello mold for the holidays or for a special project, or even you just pour some ice cubes, you know what it means to be conformed. You pour something in and it has to fit the container. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Brother Jonathan, you know, I, I don't look like the world. I don't act like the world. I don't uh, talk like the world. But the things that we think about will determine whether or not we are shaping ourselves to be like the world. Now, let me tell you what I mean by this. The Bible doesn't say that we can't wear regular clothes, can't have secular jobs. It's not calling each and every one of us to be monks, to live up on a hill somewhere and just read the Bible and only speak to believers. The Bible says that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. So when it says conform to the pattern of this world, in order to understand what he's saying, we have to look at the opposite. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we know that the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. So what this looks like for us is that if we are in Christ, then our mind has to change. Now, we confess with our mouth, we believe in our hearts, our spirits, our souls. We are saved by grace. God saves our spirit, but we have to keep working on the mind. And if we were to understand that, let me kind of make an illustration here with the body. We have all seen those commercials on TV where people come out and they say, I used to be like this, but after this product, now I look like this. And they have those before and after photos. Have you guys seen those? Whether it's a, a guy and he's got all these muscles or a lady and she's lost all this weight and they're so happy and they're so free and they're different. They have been transformed. Now, they're still the same person. They are still uh, in their same body, but they look different. There's been a transformation of who they are. They're still there themselves, but there's been a transformation. Now, in order to understand this transformed by the renewing of our mind, we have to look at it in the Greek language that Paul wrote. And the word that he uses here is the same word where we get our word in English, metamorphosis. And it means this transformation where the end product is so different that you almost can't recognize it. Now, when the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we still have our same body. I'm not going to go to sleep, get saved, and wake up and be a completely different person and say, well, I got saved, so I need a new driver's license. I need a new social security card. I need a new Facebook. We're still the same person, but our minds have to be renewed. So what this looks like for us, this metamorphosis, is in the same way what we put into our mind. We understand those commercials. They put in that pill or that magic diet plan and their body looks different. Well, we need to look at what we're feeding our mind so that it can become different. You know, there's an old saying, you are what you eat. And in the same way, I heard actually Dr. David Jeremiah, when he was looking at scriptures on the mind, he put it this way. You're not what you think you are. What you think you are. 
And when I thought about that as I was preparing this message, I thought, you know, that's really good when we, we understand how simple it is to look at the body and say, well, this is what I'm feeding my body and this is what I'm going to get as a result. Can I get an amen after Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> yes. But sometimes we neglect what we put in our minds. Sometimes we've had a busy day. I know what it is to have a busy day. I interact with over 120 children and close to 115 educators at a school which has almost uh, 1,900 enrolled students. So there's a lot going on in that building where I work. And I understand that all of us, we don't have necessarily vocational ministry jobs. We have jobs where we interact with people. We have jobs where we have to drive places. We have to do these things. We operate in the world. I understand that. And God understands that as well. But what we put into our minds will shape the way that they grow. And we're talk not talking about brain chemistry. What we're talking about here is the things that we meditate on. Now, when I say meditate, we're not talking about kind of the Eastern view of meditation where people sit with their legs crossed and they say, hum. that's not what we're talking about tonight. What we're talking about is kind of like on replay, the things that you keep going over and over in your mind. And the Bible talks about meditation. The Bible talks about what's going on in your mind. In fact, the Bible says, let this mind be in you. And it talks about that we need to act as Christ. And even in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, a scripture that I gave the youth this weekend, it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Verse 9 says, These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We have this connection, almost like this formula. You put a dash of this and a pinch of that. You whip it up. You put it in the oven, and this is what comes out. Well, the Apostle Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, If you meditate on these things, peace will come to you. See, we live in a world where it's so easy to meditate on things that don't bring peace. We meditate on the economy. We meditate on the job problems. We meditate on what's happening in Washington. We meditate on what's happening in foreign countries. And all of these things can bring anxiety because we're meditating on them. And brain chemistry shows us that when we think about these stressful things, chemicals are released in our body that make us more stressed out. It's this this cycle where you start thinking about these things and then your body starts to feel stressed out and then your mind's like, hey, we're stressed out. And then you're thinking, why am I so stressed out? Well, it's because of what we're meditating on. And if we're not careful, we can begin to conform to the pattern of this world. The 24-hour news cycle, social media, endless entertainment, mindless entertainment. See, the enemy knows that if we are rooted and grounded in Christ, he can't snatch us out of his hand. John 10, 27 talks about Jesus, the good shepherd. No one's going to snatch us out of his hand. But what happens if we kind of get complacent, if we get lazy, if we don't mind our business? If we think, you know what, it'll be okay if I just relax and, and have some me time and just start scrolling social media 
It'll be okay if I just kind of kick back and, and catch some episodes of my show. And hear me closely. I'm not saying any of these things are bad, but what we feed our mind is going to shape what we meditate on. See, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and a mutual friend of ours was going through some problems. And I was talking to this friend, and I said, man, we need to be there for this person. We need to encourage them in the Word of God. What do we have in the tank that we can give them? Have we been reading the Word of God? Have we been praying? Or have we just been watching football? And there's nothing wrong with football. I played football. I enjoy watching football. I'm a student of the game. (coughs) But when it comes to the matters of the Spirit, we have to meditate on the things of God. Because... The world is full of empty, useless cliches. Things like, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Or uh, simple things like positive vibes only, or or good karma, and put that energy out into the universe and it's going to come back to you. All of these fruitless, uh, almost like the Bible talks about people having a form of godliness but denying denying the power thereof. And when we meditate on these things, they're not going to give us any strength. And if we go back to that analogy with the body and nutrition, it's like eating junk food. You can survive eating junk food, but you're not going to perform at your highest level only eating junk food. You're going to find out that you're more tired. You're going to find that you can easily get dehydrated. And we understand what this looks like in the body, but sometimes we neglect to mind our business in the spirit realm. So now that we know what it looks like to meditate on the things of God, to read the Word of God, to think about things that are noble and pure and lovely, of good report, virtue, praiseworthy, science, thousands of years after the Apostle Paul wrote these words, has backed it up that the more that we envision, the more that we meditate, the more that we concentrate on these good things, the more that our whole human body aligns and produces good chemicals. And so, yeah, the world has some knowledge where they say, you know, uh, keep your head up and, and keep thinking positive thinking and positive messages and positive vibes only. But in the supernatural world, we understand that we can even speak the word of God. See, when creation happened, the Bible says that there was nothing. It was void and vacant. The spirit of the Lord moved on the waters and God spoke. Now, when someone speaks, they speak what they've been thinking. In fact, Jesus puts it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or maybe you've heard it said this way, well, I'm going to give this person a piece of my mind. You think about those things. So when we have visions or dreams, nothing happens until we speak it out. You know, whenever maybe you're attracted to someone way back in the day, nothing happened until you ask that person out. And then things progressed and nothing happened until you ask them to marry you. Until you speak it out, it's just in your mind. It's just a vision. It's just a dream like we were talking with the youth. Until you take action. And one thing that I told them that I'll share with you tonight, before creation was formed, we were one of God's dreams. Not dreams in the sense that God took a nap because the Bible says he never sleeps or slumbers. But we were one of his visions one of his goals, one of his dreams. And when the time came, he spoke each and every one of us into existence. That's how God works. And it's interesting. It gives us a lot of responsibility when we realize, wow, 
I was one of God's dreams, and now here I am because he spoke me into existence. He created my body, and he put my soul inside of it, and he told me, hey, meditate on the word of God. Let your mind be aligned with these scriptures of mine. Well, let's go back to Romans 12, too, for a little bit more instruction. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's two ways to look at this, and I get really excited because I'm an English teacher, so this is kind of what I do. But it doesn't say by the renewal of your mind. There's two different tenses here. If it was be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that means, okay, it's happened and it's done. When you purchase something, you've bought it, and it's done. You don't keep buying something. That's the difference between a purchase and a rental. I just signed up for a new online subscription because they're everywhere now for music and movies and all of these internet things. And so each month, it's a continual process. I have to pay again and again and again and again 12 times, right, for a whole year. And it's an ongoing process. And when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there's two different things we can look at here. And the first one is that it's a continual process. We're never done. Sometimes we may think, okay, well, I'm renewed. You know, I got saved back in 1985 and I'm good. My mind is right. I can go do whatever I want. I can uh, watch whatever I want in the movies. I can listen to whatever I want on the radio. And I've actually heard believers tell me these things. Well, my, I'm saved and God knows my heart, so there's grace for me and, and it doesn't affect me. And, you know, I, I read the word and so I don't let those things get in, but they get in. You would be surprised how many country songs I've learned just by shopping at H-E-B. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking for bread. I'm looking for beans. I'm looking for meat. And then I come out and I'm like, where did that come from? Right? It's in there. And we don't even know it. We were just minding our business. Right? And then you go somewhere else. Maybe you're eating at a restaurant and they've got something playing. You're like, oh, yeah, this song, you know, the one where she takes the dog and and messes up his truck. And and what is, oh, no. And it's stuck. It's in there. Or those, those radio hits that are on all the commercials, and you're like, I can't get this song out of my head. It's in your mind, because we put it in there. And if Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, we understand that what we start to put in our mind, and put in our mind, and put in our mind, it's going to make its way out of our mouth, and we have to be careful, because once it comes out of the mouth, that's that creative process. That's when things start moving and shaking. And if all we put in here is useless, or it's worthless, or even worse than that, it's against the knowledge of God, then it's going to make its way out. Now again, there's nothing wrong with spending some time on social media, keeping up with your family or friends. I've been encouraged with a lot of scriptures on Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. Uh, Facebook Live. We even, as a church, utilize Facebook Live to broadcast God's Word all over the world. And there's nothing wrong with catching up with a game and having a team and getting together and, yeah, go team. And, oh, no, why do you do this to me, team? (laughs) Brother John knows what I'm going through this season, don't you? (laughs) I heard someone say, he and I, we cheer for a team that plays in the same division. And someone on the the television was announcing, they said, well, this division leader's doing good and this division leader's doing good. And 
well, we'll see. Someone eventually has to win this division. <laughs> and I laughed because I didn't want to cry. <laughs> but we, we understand what it's like to cheer on a team. But what happens when that team takes control of us? What happens when that sport is everything that we desire? And I'll share with you because you're the body of Christ. We're fellow believers and I can share these things with you. I remember attending a sporting event a few years ago. And this particular sporting event had two rivals, and they were playing each other in the town where they both come from. So they were cross-town rivals, and the gym was packed because this was a playoff matchup. And these two rivals were meeting in the playoffs, and only one of them could advance, and the game was close. Oh, it was back and forth, and you know, parents were there, and they were cheering on their kids, and they were screaming at the other team, and, and of course, both sides are screaming at the referees. <laughs> and towards the end of the game, it was down to just a couple possessions, and you could just feel, like they say, the electricity in the air, and everyone was on their feet, and the whole place was rocking, and I was like, wow, this is so much fun to be here. And I felt a little something inside of me. I, I've never in my life heard the audible voice of God, but I hear the impressions and the, the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just gave me kind of this glimpse behind the curtain of, of what God was feeling at that time. Not that God's like a man, but just kind of the heart of God. And this impression that I got was, wow, why can't they worship me like that? And man, I was so convicted because I was thinking to myself, how many times have I gone to a Sunday service and I'm just like, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. <laughs> but then I'll go to a sporting event and I'll dress up and I'll be all excited and yeah, it's so much fun and go team and, and do all the cheers and everything. And I, I like to go because I've taught a lot of the students and I encourage them. But when we think about minding our business, what we're meditating on, what we're dwelling on. I went to a, a training last week, and these educators were, you know, writing these books and selling all these novels, and really it's just uh, repackaged biblical wisdom. And one thing that the lady giving the training said, she said, culture is what you allow. And I was thinking of a message I heard when I was like 10 or 11 years old from Bishop Isaiah Reed, and he talked about how the atmosphere changes the climate and the climate creates a stronghold and a stronghold produces a culture and a culture shapes an individual. Biblical wisdom. He had scriptures to back it up. And then here are educators just kind of slapping their brand on it and selling books. But then she said something. She said, what you talk about as an organization becomes important. And I went back to that scripture where Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hmm. And we're going to go ahead and go back to Romans 12, 2. And we're going to look at this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the mind has to be changed. Literally, the word repentance, as it's used in the Bible, means changing your mind. That's all it means. So whenever you say, well, Lord... I committed this sin and I repent. What it means is I wanted it. And before you, you're my witness. God is my witness. People say that all the time. God is my witness. I'm changing the way I'm thinking about that. Because when you did it, chances are you thought it was good. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. 
So repentance means changing your mind. So if the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what God is saying through Paul is this. Hey, if you don't continue to repent, if you don't continue to change the way you think about this world, you're going to look just like it. You're going to fall into those same traps. You're going to say, well, you know what? It's okay to cheat on my wife because my life needs to be what brings me joy. There's a trend going on with a a very famous woman who wrote a book and she's got a program. And if something doesn't spark joy in your life, then you should get rid of it. And a lot of women are cleaning out their closets and cleaning out their lives. And they say, well, this doesn't spark joy right now, so I'm getting rid of it. Hmm. So we see that repentance means changing your mind. God says we have to continue renewing. It's a present participle, I-N-G. It's happening. It's not a one time and done. We have to keep up with this. We have to keep changing our mind because there's constant draws around us to change our mind. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we live in a culture that is so perverted, so twisted, so sick that they don't want to change their minds. They want to change the world to fit their minds. And what the Holy Spirit gave me today, and it's a very strong word. Um, I don't say this lightly. We say it in a spirit of love, and I'm saying it to believers because we love the world. We go out and we evangelize the world. But when it's us, we can say some strong words. We can challenge each other. The Bible says provoke each other into righteousness. So if the Bible says that a renewed mind brings righteousness, And the opposite of that, what I got today when I was meditating on this was that a reprobate mind brings conformity. To the point where now there are people who their mind is so conformed to the system of the world that they're willing to go and have surgery to change their bodies because they never renewed their mind. And so now they're saying, well, this is the way my mind is, so I need to change my body. Not knowing that we were created with a purpose by a loving creator who even sacrificed his own son so that we could live with him in eternity. And instead of saying, I need to renew my mind, I need to change my mind so I can live holy and be redeemed, they say, well, you know what? I reject the creator. I reject how he's made me. And because I can't change my mind, I'm going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to change my body. Instead of changing their mind, they'd rather change their whole body. It's rather extreme. But the Bible says, the rest of verse 2, as we kind of bring things to a close here, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, the way that the Bible is laid out, God often rephrases things to say the same thing. Like when I was talking to the youth this weekend about visions and dreams, and the Bible says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Well, the Bible defines dreams as visions of the night. So both will dream dreams. It's just the way that we translate the language. So when we see you will test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will, what this tells us is that if we can change our mind to the Scriptures, then we will achieve godly results. Just like those people in those commercials. Well, I took this, and this is what I look like now, and my whole life has changed. 
and sometimes even people make fun of, uh, I think, the lady on the, the bicycle commercial for Christmas, and they're like, she only lost four pounds, and it took a whole year, and there was a big social media thing about her. And they say, well, husbands, don't get your wife an exercise bike for Christmas. She's not going to appreciate that. <laughs> but we see the body change, and then they achieve results. And so what the Bible is promising us here, because God's word does not come back to him void, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. See, a lot of believers are running around saying, oh God, give me a sign. Oh God, show me what your will is. Oh God, I want to hear your your audible voice and I want a billboard to to pop up out of nowhere and give me exactly what I need. And they want this, uh, the gospel of the fortune cookie. But you want to know what the will of God is? Well, renew your mind. Read the word of God. And then you too will have these scriptures kind of bubble up inside of you whenever these things come up. And you say, oh, you know what? The Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance this scripture right now in this situation. And that tells me that God's leading me in this situation. Instead of just kind of cherry picking the encouraging verses. I love it whenever people say, oh, well, you know, Jesus would want you to follow your heart. But the the Bible actually says guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. But It also says that the heart is wicked above all things. (laughs) Because if your mind's not renewed, you can even deceive yourself. There are people out there in certain churches who say, I know the Bible says this, but, but God loves me just the way I am. Oh yeah, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you just the way you are. The Bible doesn't say, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. But you can go ahead and conform to this world. See, we can't just pick scriptures one by one. It's a message. It's instruction. So when Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, be holy, be a sacrifice, then he tells us in verse 2 how to do that. But we want to separate those. We want to say, well, I, I want to be holy and separate for God, but it's okay if I continually listen to this music. Well, I want to be holy and separate to God, but it's okay that I live this non-traditional lifestyle. Well, it's not non-traditional. It's, it's unbiblical. There's a difference. I mean, tradition is eating tamales at Christmas. You know, you're okay if you don't do that. <laughs> Biblical is something else entirely. Do not conform to this world. We've all made the jello molds. We've all poured the ice cubes. We know that it will shape you if you let it. And every message that you see on TV, every post that you see on the internet, every movie that you watch in the theaters, and we, you know, depending on the movie, hear me carefully, love watching movies. A good movie, good family movie, good superhero movie, you know. We just watched an old uh the, the origin stories are the best ones, you know, where the hero comes up and he's faced with this problem. And then he's like, man, I need, to, I need to look inside of myself and see what do I need to fix? How can I be the best hero I can be? And then he fixes that and he goes and saves everyone. And he's like, yeah, you know, I needed to be humble and I need to learn a lesson. Like good movies. Nothing wrong with watching a good movie. But you got to get some good word each and every day. You know, when Jesus was praying and he told his disciples, pray like this, he didn't say... Give us this day our daily weather report. He didn't say give us this day our daily uh, celebrity gossip. He didn't say give us this day our daily sports journalism. He said give us this day our daily bread. Man shall not live 
by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When you start to read the Word of God, when you start to meditate on the Word of God, we just read two scriptures tonight that tell us live holy and this is how to do it. Instruction. That's what the Word of God is for. And the Bible is full of instructions that we have to meditate on. See, if you're meditating on these things, the next time temptation comes up, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I was listening to a radio sermon and I know how to deal with this. When something goes south in your family or something big and scary comes up, kind of the new trending thing now, whenever a relative says, well, this is how I feel about my body or my life or my sexuality, a lot of Christians get freaked out because they don't know what the Bible says. Or sometimes even worse, they'll pick scriptures from the Bible and be like, look, you're going to hell. Well, yeah, so are liars and cheaters without God's grace. We need to mind our business. And when I say mind your business, I don't mean withdraw from the world and put in your two weeks tomorrow. Well, you know, no one at this company is saved, so that's not bringing me to Jesus. No. You are to offer yourself as the sacrifice. You are to be the salt and the light. If you are a believer in Christ, it's an ongoing process, that active voice. And we can't do it to ourselves. It doesn't say you transform your mind. It says be transformed. That means without this renewing process, our mind's not going to change. Without the Word of God, our mind's not going to change. You don't get saved and then you just kind of download on a computer this new software and everything runs smoothly. You have to continually go back into the Word. You have to renew your mind. Sometimes we may, in our early walk with God, think that some things are okay. And then eventually you'll run across a scripture or read a devotion or fellowship with someone or the Holy Spirit will kind of prompt you or convict you. And you're like, you know what? That's not okay. And we're all in different positions in our walk with God. And if you can share loving wisdom with someone, then share it. I've shared some things with people and they're like, well, don't tell me what to eat because the Bible says everything's under grace. Well, the Bible also says not everything's beneficial. But a lot of young Christians don't want to hear that. A lot of new believers don't want to be told what they can't do. And God knows exactly where we are, and he'll lead us and guide us to those scriptures that will feed us where we are. Because some people aren't ready for the the deep mysteries of God, but they're ready for, oh, okay, this is how forgiveness works. Oh, man, this guy offended me 70 times 7. Okay, let's move a little further. How can I lovingly evangelize people? Okay, let's move a little further. How can I battle and do spiritual warfare? Okay, let's move a little further. How do I model for my family and for married people and children and, and newlyweds? And, and the deeper we go, the more mysteries there are, the more leading and guiding, the more renewal, the more transformation there is. You see, when someone just radically gets saved right away, sometimes there's this staggering conversion. Like, man, you're totally different. Sometimes there's just clues because it's a metamorphosis, this transformation. You're still going to look the same. Maybe people can see kind of this joy on you, but physically you're still you. It's the mind that is transforming. Your spirit's saved. Immediately, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that he's your Lord and Savior, you are saved. But now begins the process. And so I encourage you, believers, brothers and sisters, those of you watching, those of you listening, those of you here, mind your business. Continue to read the Word of God. If you have the Bible app, there's a lot of reading plans. There are countless ministers on the radio. I love to listen to some radio preachers because I drive 
a lot. <laughs> so redeem the time. I also like to listen to some tunes. I also like to watch some movies. I also like to catch up on my favorite sports teams, who none of them are doing good this year. <laughs> but when it comes time to mind my business, just like Jesus said at the age of 12 years old, when everyone was having this wild holiday party, he set aside some time in the temple. And his family members are like, oh, we lost Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. And he said, hey, I must be about my father's business. He knew, yeah, holiday parties are fun. Family time is great. These diversions and these opportunities to enjoy ourselves are good. But if all we seek is enjoyment and that's all we meditate on, then what are we going to have when push comes to shove? I was terrified last night because one of my pets did not look too good. And that was gut check time. What have I been meditating on today? What are some healing scriptures? What do I have in the tank? What am I gonna, what, what am I gonna do? And I looked at my parents, and what did my dad say? You pray for him. Because he knows the importance we need to be ready at all times. We can't be like, hold that thought, brother. Let me Google some scriptures about your issue real quick. <laughs> no. no. It needs to be in our heart, and they're all connected. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we're going to speak the word of God, it needs to be in our heart. If it's going to be in our hearts, it needs to be on our minds. The angel of the Lord said to Joshua, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. That is how we mind our business. So a bit of a strong word, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of humor, but a very serious message tonight because there are people who are counting on us. There are situations the enemy wants to try and battle us with, confrontations, whether it's an appliance going out, whether it's a pet who's not doing good, whether it's a family member who's in a serious situation. We always need to be ready. We always need to have our minds right. We always need to have the Word of God inside of us. The Bible says be ready in season and out of season. I shared a scripture with Brother John a while back when we were talking about jobs and interviews and one that encourages me. It says, when you're brought before men, don't worry about what you're going to say because the Spirit will give you utterance. And the Spirit of God is unleashed by reading the Word of God. Because how does the Spirit operate? The Spirit operates under the Word. The Word operates with the Spirit. Like we were talking about creation. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters and then God said. And what did He say? He said what he'd been thinking about. Hey, you know what would be really cool right now? Some light. You know what would be really cool right now? Some sky and some earth. You know what would be really cool right now? A man. And you know what would be even better? A man and a woman. See, we are the dreams of God. We are his meditations. The Bible says that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. He was thinking about what was coming. We were coming. And that's why he went to the cross. And the things that we meditate on, the things that we think about, the things that we put inside our eyes and our ears and our mouths and our minds are going to shape how we experience the day. We had a horrible day of testing today. And I was able to share some encouragement to a young teacher. I said, let me tell you something, young teacher. When you go into this day, the way that you think about your assignment is going to shape how you endure your assignment. See, I went into this thinking, man, this could be the time that these kids pass. I had some retesters who hadn't passed yet. So this is going to be the time where they demonstrate their worth. This is, this is worth it. This is a good thing. Whereas some teachers go in, we got a test again. The state of Texas is squeezing the life out of us one day at a time. 
And that sets that atmosphere. Repentance means changing our mind. The Bible says we need to change our earthly minds to be like the mind of Christ. So what that tells us as believers is that we got to be ready. We can enjoy ourselves. We can set aside some time for family, friends, and fun. But when it comes down, when it comes down to business, we need to mind our business. So I want to thank those of you who tuned in today. Hopefully that encourages you in your walk with God. Again, if you want to hear some good words, some strong words, sometimes some fun word, Pastor Ruben's a really humorous pastor, but he speaks the truth, and we all need to hear it, and we accept it, we learn, we grow, and our communities and our families and our friends are better because of it. We invite you once again, if you catch up on any services, facebook.com slash gncvictoria or our website gncvictoria.com. Greet you on behalf of our pastors, and we hope to see you again next time at Tuesday Night Bible Study.